Welcome back to the Gentle Fatherhood Podcast, the podcast that is designed to illuminate a man's self-worth. Throughout these podcasts, you'll be given information and tools to really delve into who you are as a man and what you want to do to be able to become who you want to be. Let's get into today's episode. And as always, much love. Okay, welcome back to another episode of the Gentle Fatherhood Podcast. Uh, Happy Friday. Yeah, this is coming out today. So happy Friday, everyone. Uh, Today, we have another special guest on uh, the podcast today. He is a man that I'm very intrigued by and we've only just connected recently, but I wanted him to get on here and have a chat about who he is, the journey that he's gone through and yeah, what he's been put on this earth to do. So Mr. Sammy Dyer, how are you, mate? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I'm good. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll ask you again, how was your day? Because I'll find that's funny if you put this in the podcast. So how was your day? Because <laughs> I already know this question. Yeah. <laughs> Day's been good, man. Um, I Usually on Fridays, I do my food adventure stuff, which I'm probably going to end up talking about in a sec anyway. But mm-hmm. I uh, trained this morning and first heavy leg session a couple of weeks. And I've just training with someone got halfway through the fourth exercise and was just like, man, my body temperature just peaked next minute. I was on the floor and throwing up in a bin. So (laughs) pretty brutal. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's too good. I think that's like the best way to start a podcast. I was like, yeah, I have to ask that question before we jump into this. Um, No better way. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, as I was saying, um, I wanted you to come onto this podcast because I'm very intrigued by who you are and what you're um, putting out on your content. And um, yeah, like I know a bit about your journey, but I'd yeah, just love to ask you questions about it. So for anyone that is unfamiliar with who you are, how would you wrap yourself up within two to three sentences? Oh, geez. Mm. Um, well, I mean, everyone's had a different upbringing, but mine's been pretty severe. Um probably stuff that from like parental divorce or whatever that's left me in a place of I wouldn't say damage because it's definitely not the right word but I had to pretty much grow up on my own um isn't a simpler way to put it and I'm basically at the point now where I work full-time have a business uh heavily involved in content creating have merch and I'm (laughs) I'm just a busy dude so yeah (laughs) Yeah, that is exactly why I wanted you to get on this podcast because it can just, <laughs> firstly, it's a great story. And then secondly, it's something that people can, yeah, get inspiration and understand that it is possible, whatever you put your mind to. So I reckon, let's just dive right into it. If you, wherever yep. you want to start with, because it's the same where I asked the guys from the other podcast this week as well, wherever yep. you believe that your journey started, um, all ears, brother, you, you take it away. Easy. So I, well, obviously living with parent, both parents growing up, um, they divorced when I was at the back end of seven years old. So nearly eight, uh, with that divorce came me living with mum, um, and basically a whole bunch of emotional, physical and sexual abuse came from that. Um, for the following shit fucking I, I lived with her for two and a half years three years I think and it got to the point one night that um essentially police rocked up at three in the morning and basically I wouldn't say kidnapped me because they're police but <laughs> they uh yeah took me took me to dad's and said you're no longer to live with mom it's not safe for you um to to sum that up in those two and a half years I saw you know knives being held to family members throats me being punch in the face you know with by by my mom and her partners um oh, be, be carefully but her partners uh watching us in the shower and drug deals happening and just just stuff that you didn't really need to see um going into high school I was already overweight as well so like I grew up overweight but going into high school basically to keep it brief, I was told that mum was going to jail. Um, I was visibly upset by that and it was noticed by a lot of students um, to which then they went and found out that mum wasn't actually in jail and mum had lied to me, so on and so forth. Then I was getting bullied pretty severely for that. Um, at the same time, I was being accused of uh, sexual 
assault towards a family member, again, by my mum, which obviously wasn't the case because I was at school for the entire time that all of those accusations were taking place and and this kind of thing um, on top of school bullying too. So got to the point where I was 16, 15, 16 and got diagnosed with chronic depression um, chronic anxiety and all of that kind of stuff was told to go spend time in hospitals, all of that, but refused, refused to spend time on medication too. Cause I just never really believed that it was a thing, you know, to actually cure something like that. Um, despite being young, I kind of always had that belief too. So a little bit odd. Um, then yeah, I was, as a 15 year old, I was self-harming. So I was cutting my arms up, cutting my legs up basically in spots that couldn't be seen, particularly if I was wearing jumpers and, and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, I attempted suicide for the first time as a 16 year old and survived. Um, to give you the story on that one, I, it's, it's pretty hard. Like I'm pretty lucky to even be here without any significant like damage from it. Um, but it was a mixture of medications and basically choking myself to death with an ethernet cable. And I woke up the next day with none of the cables or anything in my room. I'm not actually sure who, you know, grabbed it and, you know, took me, took me out. It didn't take me to hospital or anything, but basically someone stopped me and I don't know who it was. Um, I'd have a pretty good idea, but we won't go into that. Um, so, yeah. And then obviously that stuff kind of continued with, with my mom and all kinds of emotional, physical and, and all sorts. I got to the point where, Again, another person within the family was pretty horrible towards me too. Um, again, telling me to take my life. Uh, I attempted again, again, survived. And then basically had the school come in and give me the full lecture and all of this kind of stuff. So um, being like, oh, this person really cares for you and all of that, when that was the person telling me to do it. Um, again, like that entire period, I was still overweight, being bullied for being fat being called an attention seeker and all that kind of stuff because of the self-harm and because of the stuff that was going on with my mum. Um, you know, going home and being bullied, started coaching soccer, being bullied by the kids that I would coach at soccer, being called a beach whale, all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, that kind of went on all the way through. Year 12 was the first year of high school I actually kind of enjoyed. Um, there was a bit of a story behind it. So we had a year 12 retreat where basically we went to uh, Victor Harbour somewhere and like we did this thing called affirmation ceremony. So we'd walk around being a Catholic um, school, holding a candle while holding a candle. We had to go to someone that basically we'd had done something to, or we wanted to apologize to someone for, or for something and go to them. They'd hold your hand while you're holding the candle. You'd say, sorry, then you'd walk back, but it'd be in complete silence. So we sat in there for like 90 minutes or two hours doing that ceremony. I had about five people come up to me. I went and said sorry to some people that I was pretty horrible to admittedly. Um, and then, yeah, after that, we did like a big, another, it was another form of affirmations where we'd all have a bag with our name on it. And we'd basically write a whole bunch of notes and drop it in all of these different people's bags. I ended up with 150 or 140 or something out of a class of 160. So I ended up with pretty much an overflowing bag um, and all of these people were just saying sorry and stuff. And I didn't understand why at the time, but I found out like a couple of weeks post retreat that my English teacher asked me, um, she was like, look, I know you've, you've battled with some stuff and just from teachers and that, um, can you kind of explain what, what you were going through to me? And she was pretty much the only teacher I trusted at the time. And I just said to her, well, look, this is what I've been accused of um, from family members. As far as I'm concerned, I don't have a mum. Um, I've been bullied for ages, all of this. And I just, I just don't really know where I belong on earth. And, you know, I kind of don't want to be here. Anyway, she then went and said that and repeated that to someone who was actually, they're the one that wanted to know because they wanted to apologize to me, but were too scared to ask me in person, which was just like someone in my year level. And basically her repeating that, not in as much depth as what I went into, but she repeated it. And then, yeah, that kind of spread through the full year level. So then everyone pretty much came to me and apologized. And then, uh, yeah, so I finished off year 12 on a high. I fell into my first ever relationship. Um, the relationship ended in a, in a way that she cheated on me, but 
looking back on it, I probably wasn't in the right mental space to be even be in a relationship, had no love towards myself and took it out on her. Not saying cheating is the right way to go about that, but you know, I can, I can see why. Um, and then, yeah, I ended up with glandular fever and put on 20 kilos cause I could no longer play soccer too. So that was the first year out of uni. Um, then had some other stuff go on at uni. So this is like probably the biggest pivotal point post uni, uh, sorry, post high school for me where we went to uni and like we did icebreaker games. Right. So the first semester, first class of the semester, we'd always do this game in class to get to know the people in your class. Um, this exercise. So you yourself would wear like, uh, like a Jehovah witness, for example, on your shirt, I would wear like obese teenage male on my shirt. Someone else would wear like mum with three kids. Who's only 21 so on and so forth. So we'd all have different things. So me as Sam would have to treat you as your Jehovah witness. Then you as um, Jake would have to treat me as an obese teenage male, so on and so forth. And basically it was just to find ways to get each other to talk to each other. Right. And then at the end of the exercise, the tutors like started asking all of us questions. Why do you think you were treated the way that you were treated <laughs> and all of this? And this girl, and at the time, I like, I don't remember what she looks like, not, looks like now, but at the time she was like, oh, uh, because she had the obese teenage male one and she looked me dead in the eye while I was 118 kilos or just shy. And she was like, they stink. They don't deserve to live. They shouldn't be out in public. They're fucking filthy. They're like, just, just absolutely ripping, ripping fat people apart basically while looking me dead in the eye. So I took that pretty personally, um, whether it was her intentions or not, I got no idea, but uh, yeah, so at the time, like I was still going through the mum stuff. I was coaching soccer and was unwell while doing it, being told to kill myself by other people, being called a beach whale. And then that happened. And I just got to the point where I was like, I'm so sick of life. Like, I don't even know what I'm doing here anymore. So I went home with the intentions to self-harm and take my life again. Um, got home and put on music like I usually would because I'd like be into gaming and that. So I put on music. So it was no real different from any home time routine for me. Um, it was just that they, like my dad would have heard music and was like, oh, he's just playing his games, like leave him to it. And this song come on called um, End This Way by Educate, who's a South Australian rapper. And basically in the song, it said, when you feel like stopping and your legs give way, just remember it doesn't have to end this way. So at that point I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, why am I about to take my life or, or whatever? And then basically went on a full through uh, 180 and just decided to transform myself um so i've got that song tattooed on my chest and basically started weight loss so i while i was at uni in 18 months i lost 47 kilos just shy of 48 um before i joined the gym and in the uni degree that i have it's a sport management degree so we were always told like don't really worry about your um your grades focus more on your placements and stuff. So while doing that, I was working, um, then doing six placements in a year and a half, left the degree with eight years worth of experience when realistically we only should have had one year um, just because I just stopped studying to basically get workplace experience and use that way to teach myself. Then um, the relationship, I had an, a different relationship at that point after the weight loss, um, that kind of come to an end basically over email, um, which is a bit of a shock. Um, but, and then, yeah, when, when that relationship ended, it was two weeks before I graduated or two weeks before my last class. So basically graduated. And I, instead of even getting upset by it, basically within 24 hours, um, I was like, all right, cool. Like, what's next for me? I don't really care that it ended. Um, ended up with a second job in the industry. So I had two jobs at the time. And yeah, then I graduated and was in my dream job, uh, probably six to eight months out of graduating, um, which is pretty rare. So I was a, a stadium manager. And again, this is all while stuff with mum and all of that was going on too. Um, but yeah, just before I, like just before I graduated, so this is around my 21st birthday, which is probably a pretty big significant part. I decided to cut off my mum um, entirely so basically what happened was um, my 21st birthday was coming up to keep it brief. She's like, why aren't I invited to the party? And I was like, well, there's not a party actually happening. I didn't want a party. 
Um, I was too busy focusing on uni and stuff. And she's like, no, nah, I don't believe you. And this went on for two or three weeks. And no matter what I told her, she was adamant that I was having a party. Um, got to the week before and she basically threatened to kill me at my party in front of everyone, even though there was no party. Um, she then said that she was going to kill my girlfriend at the time. And I was like, well, like you've just fucked up by even mentioning my girlfriend involved in this. She has nothing to do with it. Um, so I cut her off at that point too. So I haven't had anything to do with my mom since I'm 25 now, I think. Yeah. So five years. I haven't, I haven't seen my mom for five years. Um, at the time it was a pretty big decision though as well. Cause I, like my sister, my half sister was my mom's, it's not my dad. So I had to pretty much make the choice to no longer have any involvement to do with my sister um, until she was older to protect myself. But yeah, so that all kind of went round, went into the, the dream job as an air or a stadium manager. Within the first two weeks, I turned the stadium around that was losing eight grand a month to be profiting 12 grand a month. So a 20K financial turnaround and managed that in two weeks. And then they made me an area manager. And then this is where shit really hits a different level for me. Obviously, like I'm keeping it as brief as I can because like on my own podcast, I broke this full, my full life literally across five episodes. But the first three took me, I think like four and a half hours. <laughs> so like it's, it's just keeping it brief because otherwise we'll literally be here until 6 p.m. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, in 2019, in May, so Mother's Day came around and I... Um, received a phone call from police on the Sunday and they were like, Hey, um, you know, your, your sister's had the shit kicked out of her. Um, we need you to come see her. And I'd received my whole life kinds of phone calls like that for as long as I could remember. And they all just turned out to be false. They were mum's friends calling me. So I received that phone call and kind of just hung up midway through. It was like, yeah, okay. It's just another one. Um, the following day I was back at work and then the, police no not police department department of child protection so dcp they called me they're like hey um you hung up on police yesterday why and i was like what do you mean and they're like well this is actually true like we need you to come in and i was like oh fuck like all right so i called i told my managers and stuff i was like i'm going they tried to stop me and i was like well no it's family like you can fuck off um basically i was like i was at the point where i just i was over that place anyway um so yeah, I went to DCP and everything, found out it was true. First time I saw my sister in three and a half years, I didn't recognize her. One, she was a lot older, still had all the same features and features and stuff, but she was heavily bruised and, and all of that kind of stuff, um, which is pretty difficult. The following day, um, my best friend uh, basically sent me a Snapchat of himself harming and all of this kind of stuff. And the image was never going to leave my mind. Um which was pretty, pretty challenging. The next two days after that, I was told that my granddad was made terminal, um, basically didn't have much longer to live. The following week, um, I'd finally been given some time off because as I said, I was an area manager. Um, I was meant to have like the Saturday and Sunday, the, my first weekend off since starting my dream job. And I was doing 110 hour fortnights at the time too. So it was like a, a well needed break as well. So I messaged my best mate, who I just mentioned and just said, Hey man, we haven't seen each other for three or four months, which was the first time in oh, probably close to six, seven years. We'd gone that long without seeing each other. And I said, like, let's catch up. And he was like, yeah, cool, man. Like this was a Friday. And he was like, I'm in Seaford, Seaford, no Seaton. And I was like, all right. Oh fuck. Like that's a long, like pretty far away. Right. But it's not. So what, where I was living was Craigmore. Um, Seaton's only about 35 minutes. Seaford is an hour plus. And I, I always get the two mixed up. So I was, oh, I can't see you, man. Like, when are you free? And he's like, I'm free Sunday. Like, I've got someone I want you to meet and all of this kind of stuff. And I was like, cool, perfect. I'll see you Sunday. Um, the next morning, again, being my first weekend off, I'm a bit of a, I was a bit of a hustler at the time. So I was like, reached out to my local soccer club and I was like, hey, like, I'm free to referee tomorrow. Um, you know, do you need a ref? And they're like, yeah, we do actually. We need you for three games. And I was like, Perfect. Cool. No worries. So I um, went there, turned my phone off at 9.30 in the morning because I was obviously starting to ref at 10. Ref first game, second game. Didn't check my phone until the end of the third game, which was about 5, 5.30. Checked my phone and I was like, oh, this is a bit weird. I've got like something, I had something like 45 messages 
I had 67 notifications on Facebook and about 15 missed calls. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, what has gone on? Like, that's, that's extremely rare for that to happen. And instead of checking who the missed calls were from and checking messages and stuff, um, actually, no, instead of checking the notifications and the missed calls, I checked my message messages on Facebook. And I had one message from someone who I hadn't heard anything long from in probably close to nine months. And they basically just said, sorry for your loss. And I was like, what? What do you mean? Um, what do you mean? Sorry for my loss. And they're like, oh, haven't you seen? I didn't even like respond to it because I was like, what the fuck? I'm clearly missing something here. Then I went and checked my Facebook notifications, pretty much all of them, people posting on my wall, checking in how I am, um, tagging me in like news articles and stuff. And basically what would happen was my best friend that I mentioned, he was actually killed. So he was shot by police, um, which investigations are still kind of going on at the moment too. And it's been, well, it's two years and two weeks that since his passing. Um, so yeah, I was like complete utter shock and devastation i was like what the fuck like i was literally meant to see him the next day you know i hadn't seen him in so long and i was just so overwhelmed with um grief and stuff that i just i didn't even know what to do like um i was i was shocked yeah it was just it was just something for me that i'd never really truly experienced as well so, so um my best friend yeah so he passed away was shot by police the couple of days later, I was basically told to prepare to take on custody of my sister. And I was like, look, I'm in no financial position to do that. Like, why are you telling me to do it? And they were like, well, um, she's got no family. And I was like, well, I like, I understand that, but I wasn't even agreed to be the next of kin. And they were like, oh, what do you mean? And I was, I didn't even know what that was like at the time. Um, and yeah, so they told me to get ready to do that. And I, went through DCP and said, oh, look, I'm not in any financial position. I work in the city or beyond, which is an hour and a half drive in peak for me. Um, I, I just can't do it. I can't get her to school. I can't pick her up in time. Like I'm in a, I'm in my probationary period. I'll basically lose my job. Um, and so she's under a carer, which is like the best place for her at the moment anyway, um, until I'm in a better position. Um, but yeah, so she's doing really, really well. And then the, my mate's funeral come along and I was basically, um, I was feeling really sick, right? So from the moment he passed, I felt physically unwell. I thought it was kind of just part of the grieving process. Um, you know, like, oh, I just feel sick. Is something's missing or, or whatever. And then I was told about his funeral. I was asked to be the pallbearer, um, basically carry him to the hearse if you don't know what a pallbearer is. And I was like, yeah, cool. Like, I'd, I'd love to. I'd be honoured to. Um, and, yeah, that sick feeling just kind of stayed until the Wednesday before the um, the funeral. And I, for some reason, that Wednesday, it just ended. Like, the, the feeling just disappeared. And I got home. Um, when I got home, Dad was like, hey, you've got a message from what? Like, an e uh, not an email, a letter from work here from Basketball SA. I probably shouldn't have said that. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. Um, it's long gone. <laughs> but, yeah, they were like... Um, I opened the letter and it was like, Hey, just to let you know, we're doing a business restructure. So um, you've been made redundant. Um, this is how long you've got. This is how much pay we'll give you, which was next to nothing for me. Cause I'd only been there for a few months, but in mine, it said, we'd also, we've also created a position for you. So we'd like you to accept it. And I kind of sat there and was like, for some reason, I feel like it's not the right decision for me to take that job. I was already super stressed. I was ready being treated pretty poorly to at the best, like that's the best way I can describe it. Um, yeah. Like it was just, wasn't a good position for me to be in uh, mentally, even though I loved it. I just don't think like me being treated that way was healthy. Um, and yeah. So I basically applied for jobs on the spot and um, got a job interviewed literally the next day, came in, got the job. Um, and I told them like, Oh, I've got my mate's funeral tomorrow. Like, I'm taking the day off. Um, and they were like, well, no, you can't. And I was like, well, it actually says in my redundancy package, if I need a full day for job interviews and stuff that you have to allow it. And they're like, well, yeah, it does. And I was like, well, I've got a job interview tomorrow. And they were like, but you just told us you have a funeral. I was like, oh no, I've got a job interview. Like you, you can't tell me that I don't. <laughs> and then, so I just went to the funeral basically saying it was a job interview. Um, so I went and that was when it truly hit me that he was gone. 
Um, I don't think I actually really cried about his passing until that day either. I was kind of just a bit numb and clueless about what had actually happened. Um, and it wasn't until I was walking him out of the funeral home and looked up and seen nearly 600 people in there because of the amount of people he had impacted and he knew and stuff. And then when we placed him in the hearse, someone had said to me, which is someone that I'm still friends with, was basically like, if it wasn't for you and the way that you were with him, he would have died 12 to 18 months ago. And I just, as soon as that was said to me, I just completely broke. I just lost it and was just in absolute shambles. And I remember receiving close to 50 messages that day being like, we couldn't, we didn't know when or if you were going to break because a lot of people knew my upbringing and they were like, but the minute you did, it was just the hardest thing to see. Um, and that's when it kind of became solidified that like he was gone and I really struggled for a bit there. Mentally was a bit all over the place and then started the new job, which was full-time night shift. And I think a week in, um, I started getting really unwell just because of the grieving and the, the whole switch of time, basically with the lifestyle. Got a week in and um, I was in bed or sorry, I just woke up and it was like 11 PM at night because I was trying to get into the right routines and stuff. And I basically overheard my dad say to my brother, we need to go to hospital. Par just died. And I wasn't even aware that he was actually put in for the, the final like pieces of the process, basically. Um, and then I walked down to the dad. I was like, well, were you going to tell me? And he was like, oh, well, no, we were just kind of going to go, which was a bit of a shit feeling at the time. But at the same time, because I was starting to get pretty unwell, dad was like trying to protect me at the same time, which I can understand that. It's all good. Um, but yeah, so pard passed. And then at the current job, I told them I was like, I need compassionate leave, which they refused to pay. I was like, I've tried to get people to cover. No one was willing. And the manager was like, well, you've got to do it. And I was like, well, technically by law, if I can't find anyone, the manager has to do the shift. And they're like, well, I'm not fucking doing it. So they forced me to work. Um, and then I think it was that week or the following week, I, well, my uncle passed away the week after my granddad passes away as well, which was just a complete other shock. And like, no one expected it. Um, and then my health just rapidly declined. So I was at 89 kilos at the start of that week. I think it was the day after my uncle had passed. By the end of that week, I was 78 kilos. So basically what started happening was my body was so um, stressed and sleep deprived and going through so much grief that anytime I'd eat within 30 seconds, I'd throw it up. Anytime I drink water as well, 30 seconds, I'd throw it up. And then it got to the end of the week where the morning shift girl, so the girl who worked after me, walked in and was like, you were right. And I'm sitting there like in a chair, basically cooked. Um, didn't even know where I was. Couldn't really hold body weight in my, my feet and my legs anymore. Struggled to even pick up a broom because I was that physically depleted and stuff. And I told my manager, I was like, look, I'm not in a good way. Like I need some time off. And it was refused. Um, so I went and saw a doctor about it because the, the, the morning of like the Saturday, I went to the soccer game to just watch and just catch up with some mates and basically passed out and got carried to my car. Like couldn't hold weight in my legs anymore. Um, so yeah, I went to the doctors. They tried to take some bloods to find out what was wrong. And it took literally 25 minutes to get a quarter of a vial. So had no hydration in me at all. Um, and they said, like, what have you been going through? You're clearly not in a good way. And I explained everything. And they were like, well, for your body to be acting this way and you haven't eaten or consumed any food in a week, it's pretty much getting to a life point. Um, and they were like, you know, like, what do you do for work? And I explained it to them. And they're like, well, you best resign because your body clearly doesn't isn't designed to do night shift. Um so I told my manager that and she was like, oh, please don't resign. We don't have anyone else and, and all of this. And I was like, well, all I've asked for was some time off and you wouldn't give it to me. So I'm going to resign, handed it in. And then said manager started telling the people I worked with and all of these customers, basically that I faked my granddad and uncle's death because um, I just didn't want to work. And then that got back to me. So, <coughs> and yeah, I like after all the health issues, couldn't like do any sport, couldn't go to the gym, couldn't train. Um, so my mental health just massively deteriorated again for the first time in probably close to three and a half years or, or thereabouts, probably a bit of a, an estimate. Um, and then, yeah, I had a friend 
um, randomly come over one night when I wasn't in a good way and had kind of had the in, intentions of just removing myself again. Um, purely based off the fact that I didn't know what else life was going to throw at me and I was just sick of it, you know, being told life or death on top of three people passing away and then health and all of these jobs just coming and going. Um, I had the intentions to take my life again and my friend just randomly rocked up saying I was concerned. Um, you were right. And then she saw like my bedroom table being like filled with medications and stuff that I was basically going to take to the point of death. And she was like, all right, well, we're going to Macca's. Um, I'm not letting you take this shit. So she spent the night with me and all of that. And she basically said, you need to start doing stuff that's best for you. And I was like, well, I don't even know what that is. Like, I don't even know where I belong and, and all of this. And I spent six weeks away from work to, you know, really find myself again. And fell back into the sport and rec industry and everything. And things started to improve again, which was good. Um, and then, yeah, that basically leads us to 2020. So that's the, a very, very brief description other than the 2019, it's still pretty brief though, um, about everything I went through and was brought up with up until 2020. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Firstly, thank you so much for being so open and going into as much detail as you did because that's a story for one that i believe many many men and women will appreciate listening to so yeah thank you so much for being able to be so open and yeah fully dive into into that question that's all right man that's all good like i said i've got my own podcasts episodes on it so if anyone wants mm. the actual complete depth and stuff and like they can reach out to me um but yeah as I, as i said otherwise i'd be sitting here talking forever so <laughs> yeah and and trust me go over and listen to this podcast because it's yeah there's a lot of wisdom a lot of guidance and an amazing journey that's on that podcast as well so jump over there for sure my my next question to you is so we've come into 2020 what was the yep. what was the turning point for 2020 well I met, and I reckon you did the journey of strength as well. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so I, um, with 2020, I started getting back into the content creation and all of that kind of stuff. Um, when we buried my best mate, I promised him that I'd only do things that made me happy from that point in time. So I started like my food page, started YouTube back up, started getting back into the basics of photography and videography and all of that kind of stuff. And I actually did a podcast with Jacob Weatherly. Have you done a podcast with him yet? Have. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. 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 So I did a podcast with him and he basically called me afterwards because I never had any interaction with him prior and was like, dude, can I just ask you, like, what have you been through? And I was like, well, how long have you got? And he's like, 15 minutes. And I was like, fuck, all right. So I'm like, just spraying it. And he was like, shit. Okay. Um, and then basically he was like, look, this is something that I've, I offer um you know like are you interested and i was a bit skeptical at the, at the start of it won't won't lie and i was like, oh let me think about it man like give me a little bit more detail here and there if you can and and maybe check in in a week and i'll see and had the conversation with him and i was like i was like fuck it like i'm had so much stuff that i wanted to do last year that i was like i can't find the time even though it should have been a priority or it was a priority obviously going with jacob i was like, i couldn't do it for myself to get myself back on the right path it's doing too much. So I started the journey of strength. So that was definitely the biggest turning point. And I realized in that very, very quickly, my self-worth again, obviously coming with self-worth, my confidence, the life that I wanted to live and ended up with a business halfway through it as well. So um, the journey of strength would absolutely be the biggest um, turning point for, for me. So and yeah, yeah. Um, oh, if anyone doesn't know as well, I'm sure you do because he's like mentioned in pretty much every single podcast. Jacob is a uh, men's coach that myself and Sam both did the journey of strength and I was the same. Like my turning point was definitely that journey of strength. So shout out to you, my amazing Jacob. I know that you're listening to this for sure. So going Absolutely. through that journey, yeah, going through that journey of strength, what was the, um, I know that you spoke about your self-worth and your confidence. What was the yeah, the overall takeaways from completing such a program? Oh, dude, I got like three weeks in and I'd completed every single goal that I'd set out for it. And I was like, what? So like I took so much value and everything away from it. But one of the biggest things 
Um, and I mentioned this in the group with it the other day was like the level that I now show up for myself based off of my own actions. Like I don't, I'm not phased by anyone else's actions or words or whatever. So to give you a bit of insight into that, I moved out of home at the start of last year as well and moved into Kobe's house, which is the mate that passed away. Um, just purely based off, I wasn't happy with how I was being treated and stuff. And it basically put a big rupture between my dad and I and, and the relationship that we had. And Jacob challenged me. He was like, well, why haven't you spoken to him about it? Have you ever told him that you actually loved him? And I was like, Jesus, mate, no, like, you know, like that big nerve wracking moment. Um, and he's like, well, I encourage you to do so. Like that could change a lot. And I was like, he, he was like, well, what's stopping you? And I was like, well, you know, I've got inquiries about me doing photo shoots and stuff. And I've got no idea. Like I need a business number. I don't know how any of that works. And he was like, I give you a day to get that done. Cause I know it doesn't take that long. And I was like, shit, like, I was all right. Like, and he's like, once that's done, you're going to call your dad. Anyway, I tried to call dad and didn't get a response. And he, he ducked and avoided my calls. Like he was active on Facebook and was responding to my Facebook messages, but was hanging up the phone. Like didn't want to talk to me kind of thing. And I just got to the point where I was like, fuck, like I just couldn't fucking handle him saying no anymore. And I was like, I have to have this conversation. Not even just because Jacob said, just because I knew I needed it. And went to the, went to dinner. I actually rocked up to dad's house after like the sixth call of him declining it. And was like, fuck this. I just rocked up one day and I was like, so you're going to answer my calls dad or what? Like, and he's like, I just didn't really think we'd have a relationship anymore. And kind of talked it out, went out to dinner and, and fixed it. And then, I remember messaging Jacob that night being like, well, I got the response that I thought I was going to get. And he was like, well, how do you feel about it? Like knowing that's what you were going to get. And you're probably not happy with that response. And I was like, to be completely honest, man, I don't give a shit. Like it's like, it's out of my control. I did everything I could to fix it, but I stuck with the stuff that I learned and kept persisting with dad, obviously, because it's a family member and just persisted with it. And now we don't see each other a lot because I still don't live at home, but like the relationship's good, which is something that's hugely important to me. Um, but just, yeah, the value of self-worth and the level of understanding that your actions um, is what important to your lifestyle. Like you can't let someone else's words or values impact your words and values and, and that kind of stuff. So that was definitely a thing, but that's like, even though that's huge in terms of everything else that I took away from it, there was just so much. And like, I, I can't even begin to express like, the level that I actually took away from that. So yeah, it was just like value upon value. And I was in the very, very first group as well. And I can't even imagine what level it's at now. And for me to walk away and be in the position I am based off of that, it's just, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you, you were in the group before me. I think that's the yeah. way it was. So um, yeah. Like when I went through it, it was just like, same as me, like all the outcomes I set just got ticked off pretty much straight away. I was just like, what the fuck? Like, I never, I never perceived this to be possible. And then all of a sudden there's this guy in front of me teaching me all this stuff. And within three weeks, like your whole perception changes. And then yeah. you go, so you went through that program and you've come out the other side with all those beautiful things that you just spoke about. Then what progressed for you? So that would probably be like the back end of 2020. Nah. So halfway point, because um, we started in, I think March, um, so I had a business, um, obviously we we're in lockdown at the time too. So for me, I created the business just to get a little bit more income. Having a business degree, I thought I knew what I was doing, but when it comes to being a sole trader or working on your own, I had fuck all idea to be completely fair. Um, but I started really showing up more in terms of my socials um, for like my own content. So started doing my own photo shoots, practicing my own editing with that YouTube content. I was posting it three times a week. Uh, Kirby's food adventures, which is the food page that I run. I decided to release merch for that um, as like the uniforms is what Kobe and I had planned to wear together when we were doing the page together. Um, just, yeah, everything just kind of took off and I was like, fuck it. Like if it's what I want to do, I got to stick to the promise that I made to Kobe when, when we buried him and basically just go with it. So yeah. And then I had um, Tom Clark, which I know you've had work with as well. He reached out to me. He was being like, dude, I swear we just know all of the same people. And I was like, yeah, funny that. Um, 
was I had so many people like Hobbsy and that telling me to go to him. Uh, Jake was the one that told uh, Clark to message me, um, to approach me about it. Uh, Phoebe Taylor, which is someone that I did a video shoot and photo and stuff for, she was like, yeah, you've got to talk to him. And then everyone that I followed on Instagram was going with him. So I signed up to the 60DR for the second half of the year. But I, I don't regret signing up because I got took away a lot from that. Um, which is like, it was the lockdown version of the transformer, which I think, did you go to the transformer? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So we, with, it was basically the lockdown version. It was like, we got a 60 day intensive or whatever, but because I was working on so much at the time, I got to the back end and not that I didn't get any value and not that I didn't take anything away from it. I was just so burnt out that I was literally falling asleep, <laughs> like mm. falling asleep in the calls and stuff. And I was also like prepping for a bodybuilding comp too. So I was like towards the last couple of hours of the call, I was like sitting there back like this and like falling asleep. And all I remember is Tom being like, Sam, wake the fuck up. And I was like, what? <laughs> Shit. Like, like just, yeah. Yelled at the top of his lungs and stuff. And like, like I said, I took so much away from 60 DR as well for my business, but I definitely could have took a lot more and showed up a lot better in that purely just based off of my physical um, being so depleted and everything. I just, I, I'm grateful I did it, but I definitely would have got more out of it if I did it this year instead. Um, but I ended up going to the Igniter anyway. So, but yeah, last year was like the most transformative year of my life. Like mentally, everything was awesome. Physically, I did a 42 week cut for this bodybuilding comp that I never ended up actually doing. Started truly following the shit that I wanted to do in my life, like photography, videography, YouTube, food page, um, merchandise, like just had my hand in literally every basket that I could possibly think of. Um, hence why I was so burnt out. But yeah, so that was that was the year 2020 basically summed up. So <laughs> yeah, what a what a year that is. And then and then we've come into 2021, like you said, you did the igniter this year. Um yep. And then you've gone, yeah, come out of that with Tom and you've got your own business, you've got this and you've got that. What is right now for Sam? Like what is Sam, yeah, operating out of his business right now after you've culminated yep. all of this process? So videography is a little bit different and photography is a little bit different compared to like coaching and stuff, like whether you're doing men's or, or phys- like PT and stuff. It's a little bit different in terms of, um, business progression from what I've found. And I've spoken to another videographer who did the same, who was in 60 DR with me, but she was like her fifth year into it where I wasn't even a month in. And I literally had no fucking idea how to really use a camera at the time. <laughs> um, so I, um, I'm starting to pick up a lot now with business and I, I do work full time as well. But the thing is, is like, I've still got my hands in a lot of baskets, but every single basket that it's in genuinely brings me a lot of passion. So like, I don't do my own podcast anymore just because for me to sit down and edit it and do all of that is three hours out of my day that doesn't actually light my soul on light, like on fire. Um, so yeah, I work Sunday to Thursday full time, have Friday, Saturdays off. Fridays, I generally do my food page stuff because that's what I do in honor of Kobe. Like we were meant to do this stuff together. So I go out and eat food and review food build a pretty good network with that as well. So I've had my own clients come through my business, which is status, a media um, come through my food page, which is pretty cool. Um, organizing merch at the moment too. Cause that's really picking up. I've put YouTube on the back pedal to prioritize business content and the stuff that I'm doing in terms of online libraries, in terms of clients and that stuff. Cause that's more of a priority to me where YouTube's just like a fun thing. Whereas if I, when not if, when I go full-time in my business, whenever that comes up um, and that opportunity arises, then I'll start focusing YouTube on my days off because YouTube is still something that I truly love too. So it's just more of a priority sense right now. Businesses like I'm booked out next weekend, probably like three, four out of the next six weekends I'm booked um, but the, the two weekends that I'm not is like a priority weekend where I'd spend time with my, my girlfriend and stuff instead, because obviously I work full time as it is. I don't want to be in the same situation at the back end of this year as I was last year. Um, but yeah, like life at the moment is just phenomenal. Like 
been blowing up on TikTok with food videos to promote my food page. Um, business is going really, really well. Clients like videos that I'm doing, photo shoots that I'm doing and making sure I'm staying on top of my skills for the food page in terms of photography because I use my camera for that too. So that's growing rapidly as well. So yeah, man, I, I'm in no position to complain at all. <laughs> like I am, I am genuinely like humbled to be in the position that I'm in because obviously, as I said, I've survived two suicide attempts with no intentions of living past the age of 15 at one point then 20 at another, you know, and all of those things. Like for me to be 25 years old, I mean, I, I could honestly die tomorrow and I wouldn't care. I'd be like, cool. Like my life has been such a roller coaster, but I'm genuinely happy with where I'm at. And for everything that I've wanted to achieve, I have. Obviously, there's a lot more that I'd like to achieve. But like if something suddenly happened tomorrow and I was given the call, you've got two hours to live. I'd be like, all right, sweet. I'll just write it out. Like I'm, I'm pretty, pretty blessed, man, to say the least. So, yeah. Yeah. What, what a fucking journey that is. That's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's fucking phenomenal. And like, like, I know that you know this within yourself, but fucking good on you to be standing where you are and achieved as much as you have achieved. So my hat goes off to you a million times. So fucking, yeah, well done. Fucking well done. Thanks, and thank man. You. I appreciate that a lot. It's something that I'm still not overly used to hearing coming from mm. others as well. Like my girlfriend says she's proud of me a lot and it's, I, and this is something that I've really had to put some work into. Like I listened mm. to one of Tom's podcasts being like, I think it was called like dear giver or something, um, something along those lines. And I was like, wow, man, like if you way to call me out like that, because I'm so used to, you know, projecting my love and like appreciation towards everyone else. Whenever I hear that, I'm like learning to say thank you and being like, instead of being like, oh, it's nothing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I, I generally mm -hmm. do appreciate you saying that, man. Mm -hmm. That means a lot. So yeah. Most, most welcome. Yeah. It's funny how Mr. Clark can just speak for 10 minutes and he can just be like this fucker is just speaking right to my soul right oh, now <laughs> dude and i swear every time that i listen to it because i've kind of jumbled them up i never really listened from one all the way through yeah. and every time that i decide to listen to him and i just pick a random episode it's always one that's the most relevant for me at that time as well and i'm just like man this guy like what are you doing to me <laughs> yeah yeah fucking wizard just knows what he's doing yeah um <laughs> um yeah once again thank you for being so open so honest and allowing us into your life and you would be helping a lot more people than you realize with what you've spoken about so thank you so much and i have one last question for you yeah and this question will be the one that will might tickle a couple of heartstrings but that's what we're yep. after and yep. <laughs> uh, it will it will give a a final message for the podcast to allow people to have a guidance from this if you could have a conversation with that man that was in high school yep going through what he was going through yeah yep. and the challenges that he was facing what would be what what would you say to him right now being the highest version that you are right now oh dude straight up i'd actually say that i'm i'm proud of of me for going through what i did which is weird because at the time I wanted every part of me to be like, get the fuck out like of life, you know, but for me to sit here now and realize the level of shit that I've had to overcome and grow up to be the person that I am as a pretty young dude and not really have a whole lot of parental guidance um, to be in the position that I am, it I wouldn't be possible if I didn't go through the stuff that I went through. So for one, like it's, I have to be proud of getting through that. Um, I have no choice in that. <laughs> like, you know, like I'm not overly happy with some of the stuff and the actions that I took, but again, same time, like if I didn't do those things, I wouldn't have developed in the way that I have to right now. So it's, yeah, it's definitely a point of reflection for me where it's like, I don't even care that I've gone through that anymore. Like it's, it's not who I am. It's not my identity. I, my identity. Whereas even three years ago, I would have been like, people would be like, oh, why are you upset? It's like, well, I've been through this, this, and this when realistically I got through it, which is more of an achievement than anything. So yeah, like genuinely proud of that as well. So um, yeah, if I was to say that, like if I had my fat younger version self next to me right now, I'd probably give him a pat on the back and be like, you're going to, you're going to get through this, man. And it's going to be so worth it. And you don't even know it. So yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. 
yeah, what a fucking final message that is to allow people to truly indulge in. So, yeah, yeah, good shit. Fucking unreal. Yeah, unreal. Thanks, man. Uh, um, hey, two minutes is yours. Give me your plugs, Instagram, plugs? YouTube. What's going on? Where can people find you? Podcasts, whatever else you have going on. Let me know. <laughs> Yeah, easy. So my main Instagram to find me on is sammy.dyer underscore. Um, if you look in the bio of that, then you've got my food page, which is Kobe Food Adventures. Then you've got my business portfolio, which is just strictly where I post some of my work, um, which is status.a.media. Uh, through all of those pages, you'll find a YouTube link on there somewhere, which will go take you to my YouTube page. Um, I haven't done any podcasts, like I said, for a very, very long time, but if you want to go and look that up, you're probably better to just DM me and I'll just send you the link to the episodes. That'll be easier. Um, and I'm more than open for you guys to DM me at any point if you want to have a conversation about pretty much anything really. Like I'm an open book. I have no shame to, to speak my thoughts on any situation that I've been through or how it can help you. So yeah, more than welcome to reach out. So yeah. And I highly suggest anyone to listening to this, reach out and have a chat. Like you said, whatever you want to have a chat and reach out about, fucking do it with this guy. Cause yeah, he is a soul that you hardly come across within your life. So fucking I'm honored to have I you. Appreciate on the podcast. That, man. So uh, yeah, that's it. That's a you probably hear that plane, man. I apologize. <laughs> uh, that's all right. I've got police cars swelling around my neck. Oh, anyway. yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm from the end. Um, cool. Sweet. Hey, uh, jump onto our socials at the gentle fatherhood, follow the podcast, give it a social rating. Um, send me a message as well. Let me know how much of a legend this guy is and enjoy your Friday. <laughs> Be safe, have fun, indulge, and I will catch you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Hang on. Just before you finish up on this episode, i got something really, really special to share with you and I can't wait to allow you guys to know what's going on. Over the past couple of months, I've been working on something so special and so impactful for a man and I cannot wait to begin to share it now. The thing that I have been working on is called The Shift. The Shift is designed to illuminate a man's self-worth by allowing them to understand who they are as a man and what they want to become. The shift is open now. So if you have any interest with the content that's being produced, if you have any resistance to the words that I'm saying right now, please reach out. Let's have a chat. Let's see what's going on. And if we believe that we're both in a line fit, let's do some work. If not, we'll tell each other politely and we'll politely move on our separate ways. Spots are limited for this and they are filling fast. So please get in contact. And as always, much love and I'll catch you on the next episode.